Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The Bob Seska Show. Former Nation's Capital, it is Wednesday, January 19, 2022, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 365 of the Biden-Harris administration, 293 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. The great Kevin L. Johnson is on the show today for 23 episodes so far. Kevin has played Sam Dermody, the real estate agent on the hit Netflix series Ozark. Season four, part one drops this Friday. I'm so psyched about this. And you might recall how at the end of season three, Kevin's character was arrested by the FBI for helping Jason Bateman and Laura Linney launder money through their riverboat casino. Everyone's wondering, including me, whether Kevin's character is going to make it through the series without being brutally murdered in some terribly creative way. Ozark's one of those shows. You know that feeling? Here's the best way I can describe it. You know that feeling you get when you see one of those videos where a Russian teenager climbs to the top of a skyscraper and takes a selfie? That adrenalized, off-balance feeling like anything could go wrong at any time? That's what it's like watching Ozark. Meantime, don't forget to subscribe to our bonus shows on our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. Okay, here's my conversation with Kevin L. Johnson, Sam from Ozark. Bob Seska! going on hey kevin how you doing man i feel like i'm like a fan like because uh, i mean i listen to you on a uh, stephanie miller show every just about every morning i'm like oh there's bob oh that's so cool yeah because it's exactly the opposite i'm a huge fan of yours and and so i'm like i'm all day telling my girlfriend kimberly i was like kevin johnson's gonna be on the show Oh, man. So, I, you know, I just noticed today, 92% so far on Rotten Tomatoes for season four, part yeah. one. Congratulations on that. Do you usually follow reviews Thanks. or do you prefer to remain like blissfully unaware of all that crap? Um, sometimes I'll look at the reviews. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in seeing what IndieWire, Variety, Hollywood Reporter, um, Variety 
God, I don't know. They gave it like a mixed review, but that's fine. That's okay. Yeah, you're not, yeah. not going to please everybody. Well, it's a very specific kind of show. In fact, you know what? And this, yeah. I'm just going to contradict what I just said. Because I have this theory that Shit's Creek is like the funny <laughs> twin of Ozark. It's a, a four-member oh. four family. Parents, a son, a daughter, forced out of their homes into a backwoods small town against their will where they attempt to rebuild their lives. And there, of course, is a real estate agent in both shows. Yes. (laughs) Figuring prominently. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, okay, I don't, I, I, I don't know why I never thought of that. Yeah. Well, I I love Schitt's Creek. I I binge watched it during the pandemic. Yeah. And just like everybody else, because it was so good. I noticed today that Renee follows me on Twitter. She looks like she could be your wife, but in her profile, she says she's Sam's mom. So either your mom is really young looking or you're one of those couples that refer to each other as mom and pop. No, no, that's my mom. That's a that's a picture of my sister Kimberly. Oh, okay. So now, yeah, all right, that yeah. that makes that makes more sense. Okay, so that's Kim in the profile picture for your mom's Twitter account. All right. Yeah, I think it's uh, and there's a baby in the picture, right? That's uh, yeah, yeah. That's my nephew Maddox that uh, she just had recently. Do all of you live down in Atlanta now? Uh, no, my sister lives in North Carolina, but yeah. my parents live. Uh, like 30 minutes away from me. So it's not too far. Did you move to Atlanta for the show or for some other reason? You're just like Atlanta. Atlanta's a nice town. So I was living in North Carolina um, and then the tax incentive went away for the film industry. Yeah. So, and I was dating uh, a girl at the time and she wanted to move to Atlanta. And I was like, well, I want to stay together. So <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to move too. Cause I usually like when I get set somewhere, it's just like, ah, do I really want to move? I think I'm good here, <laughs> but I made a, I made the the right choice. I don't think I would have booked Ozark if I'd lived in. Oh yeah. If I'd still lived in Charlotte. And mm. plus, I mean, they might've cast me still, but it would have been a lot of gas like back and forth. Oh, so you moved to Atlanta before you were cast in Ozark. I did. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. How is that in terms of working in the industry? Uh, is that more difficult now? Georgia has got, as you were saying, Georgia's got great tax incentives, so there's a lot of productions happening yeah. down there. And uh, so there's probably an advantage to that. Have you found any sort of downsides to being you know, on the other side of the continent from uh, L.A.? Well, Ozark definitely opened up some uh, some more you know, doors for me. Uh, yeah. I got an agent and a manager out in LA because of Ozark. Um, so I do, I do get auditions for, uh, things outside the Southeast. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also, I mean, it's pretty difficult. I mean, you're, you're playing in a whole new ball field. You're going up against some pretty heavy hitters for, you know, some good roles. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're, (laughs) it's, it's tough to book anything in this business. Um, but yeah, Georgia, the Southeast in general is, is a good place. I, I tell anybody who's wanting to get into the business, um, I think the Southeast is a good place to start because unless you move, unless you grew up on the West coast, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really tough to, to kind of get your foot in the door out yeah, there. Yeah. Do you fly out a lot to do auditions or, uh, is that something you're doing still by video? Is that, uh, I imagine that COVID has changed a lot in terms of how to, uh, to go through that process it's a uh, it's interesting because um in the southeast for a number of years now even before the pandemic we were doing taped auditions it seems mm-hmm. to 
it seems to be it's it's been the norm here and yeah. now because of the pandemic i think even on the west coast and in new york um it just makes sense because that way casting can see more people mm-hmm. which is also it's a good and a bad yeah yeah it's great that it's great you get a chance but then there's so many other people that are getting a chance at the same role so mm-hmm. it's kind of a <laughs> pros pros and cons thing yeah um but uh yeah i mean i've i did fly out and i had an audition for the uh the second season of barry um on hbo oh yeah and i flew out for that a couple years ago mm-hmm. um but most of the time like 99 percent of the time i get taped auditions and you know um if they need a call back chemistry read you know that kind of stuff yeah then that's a that's a different scenario Mm. you know has the emergence of streaming presented more opportunities and auditions uh for you and other actors beyond uh cable broadcast etc what's the attitude toward this new paradigm uh, among your circle of colleagues has this changed anything for working actors uh or is it just as challenging to uh, book things now as it ever was? I think it's still challenging and it's a blessing whenever you book something. Um, But it's a lot, there's a lot more out there now, Mm. um, which is good for actors. So it's more opportunities and streaming TV is a uh, is a is bigger than it used to be because of streaming now because Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, um, Apple, like they give because you, you when you're watching a, a show you'll see a lot of executive producers as uh, characters like who are on the show mm-hmm. they're yeah, giving yeah. like they're open to giving um, free reign to you know, the producers and let them kind of do their own thing. They're not tied down to, okay, well, we need this, you know, to be a 45 minute block so we can Mm -hmm. have commercials. And so all that, you know, they don't have to deal with that. And writers love it because they don't have to, you know, be PG Mm -hmm. um, because Ozark is definitely not PG or even PG 13. So (laughs) you couldn't have that on like in NBC, ABC, CBS. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Uh, But you know, the thing I notice a lot of is long gaps between seasons. Obviously this is the case with Ozark and uh, that's very different than the way it used to be with television, where you'd have a fall yeah. season thing. You know, you'd be off for the summer between seasons. But now there are these giant gaps. And I always trace it back to David Chase and The Sopranos, where David Chase was a, a little bit, I would say, on the self-indulgent side, where he would just take, I think there was like two years, maybe two and a half years uh, between a couple of seasons of The Sopranos, where mm. you completely forget what happened in the previous season. And you go, oh my God, that's still a show. Oh, they're coming back. That's great. But uh, <laughs> it, it seems like um, a challenging schedule to deal with just because you have to fill in that extra time, the time between seasons while still remaining available for the very next season. Uh, how do you deal with all of that? Um, well, me, uh, like as an actor, you're, I, I feel like you're always trying to get that next gig. Um, so <laughs> I don't have a lot of, I guess I don't like the downtime because I'm still trying to, you know, get to that next level in this business. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So in between Ozark 
I'm definitely still auditioning and, you know, trying to get that next paycheck. It's got to be a stressful thing when you're coming up to the end of a, of production and you need to book something else because yeah. you, you got to work. And and that's the real challenge. I think some think that because of the dominance of streaming and because there are so many streaming options and then so many shows, I mean, everyone's saying we're in this golden age, but I imagine that presents all new uh, forms of stress for working actors to fill in that extra time between seasons. It's got to be harrowing for you. Uh, how do you deal with the stress of being a working actor with all these long gaps between seasons of Ozark? Um, so when I am auditioning and I'm not hearing, you know, back about jobs, uh, I mean, that can get, you know, that can get stressful. Uh, but I always, I mean, I always go back to uh, a Brian Cranston quote that he, hmm. like when he was doing a QA, and yeah. he was talking uh, to some young actors and he was like, our job is not, uh, not to book the role, but to, the job is the audition. Like mm-hmm. that's, and then if you book the role, then that's just the icing on the cake. So yeah, if yeah. you can kind of flip a mental switch, that kind of helps you get through your days. And, you know, also I've always told people, like, if you want to get in this business, make sure there's something else that you just really, really love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to do, yeah. um, to fill the time. And, you know, if you need a day job, like the quote side hustle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I Ubered, um, up until, and, uh, I think when we started season three, maybe I, I, no, no, I, I, I did it for a couple of years. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and I was getting recognized when people, I was picking people up from the airport. <laughs> I imagine. Oh my God. They Sam like, Dermody from Ozark picked me yeah. up at the airport today. What the fuck? <laughs> they were like, you look really familiar. Cause they didn't know where they knew me from, but yeah. they knew they've seen me and they're like, did we go to school together? Did you work at this restaurant that I used to go to? And I'd be like, uh, no, but do you have Netflix? Like, yeah. Have you seen the show Ozark? <laughs> oh, shut up, babe. It's, it's Sam. It's the real estate agent, you know? And then you have a great conversation while, while Ubering somebody home. <laughs> you know, I said a new paradigm a second ago. This is absolutely a new paradigm. I mean, you had one of the most memorable scenes in the history of Ozark, and that is that scene where Sam's mom is killed yeah. right in front of his face, and it's it's morbidly hilarious to me to, to see that. And it was it was so it was like one of those shocking moments where you're so shocked that you almost have to let out a, a big laugh to relieve the tension of what you what you just saw. So you're absolutely recognizable on this show, um, obviously for more reasons than just that. But you're in one of the you know one of the big sequences of of that series. And so um, it's fascinating to hear that you spent uh, time driving an Uber, even up through, what did you say, up through season three? Um, yeah, I think I, I was working at a restaurant for during season one. And when that wow. came out, people were recognizing me when I, to, when I came to their table. Yeah, yeah. And then that turned into like taking pictures during a busy, busy <laughs> night at the restaurant. And I was like that guy. 
<laughs> I was taking pictures with me. I was like, oh man, I gotta, this is great, but man, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting from now, from now on. Um, but yeah, after, after I got rid of that job, I did Ubering, uh, you <laughs> know, as a side hustle. I even Ubered after shooting like on season three, like while we were shooting season three, like after I was done shooting, sometimes I would get in my car and I would go Uber. I mean, I just, you know, you just wanted money coming in. Constantly. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever accidentally just pick up one of the other cast members who had ordered an Uber <laughs> to get back to their hotel or wherever they were staying? Like, so, w- Kevin, what are you doing? Why are you picking me up right? in this Uber? <laughs> but it that would like be funny. You have a great attitude about this, though, because I know a lot of people who and I've met a lot of people uh, just through having worked tangentially in the industry. I know a lot of people who would book a show like this and then be like, oh, fuck it, I've made it. I don't have to do anything else now. And then end up, uh, you know, kind of struggling, uh, you know, once once they discover that, oh, yeah, there's like a year between shooting. Oh, oh, that's not good. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I was I was lucky uh, for season three. I got an up like my uh, my pay got increased which was which was good mm-hmm. um and then season four was even better um so that wow. definitely helped where i didn't have to you know have the side hustle and also i was working on a show the show stranger things um there's a new show florida man that's going to be on netflix uh, oh, wow. at some okay. point yeah so yeah so I, i've been i've been lucky to be busy uh where i haven't had to have the the quote side hustle right now so you Um, gave up you're not uber driving right now i actually i mean i was still doing it up until the pandemic and then uh i went out like one morning because my my thing was i would get up super early and i'd drive to alpharetta georgia and there's this huge hotel you know and that's a good chance people are going to be going to the airport and i got up one morning did my same route nobody was and there was nobody to pick up um and i was like well something's up here (laughs) and i was like all right well i guess i'm done ubering for the time being because there's nobody driving anywhere and speaking of the pandemic is season four split up into two parts because of covid or was it always going to be rolled out like this where they it's i think a total of 14 episodes for season four and they're dropping the first seven on friday and then the next seven Mm -hmm. Question mark. I don't think the next seven have been announced in terms of the uh, premiere date, but it, was that always the intention yeah. or was this because of the pandemic? So our showrunner, uh, Chris Mundy um, and the writers, they've always had the I, they always knew where they wanted the show to end from day one. And it was just kind of filling in the gaps. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea was to go five seasons uh, and probably no more than that. So when Chris went to Netflix and, you know, said, they asked, like, how many episodes do we need? And, and Netflix was like, well, we'll give you, we'll give you uh, four, four, we'll give you one more season and an extended season. So we can't give you 20 episodes. So we'll give you 14 because Chris was like, 10 not going to be enough to, you know, to tell all the story yeah, to wrap it up before, yeah. yeah but 14 i think it's a good number so that was uh 
yeah, that was kind of how that all happened. Uh, so nice if man. you want to think of part one as season four and part two as season five, kind of. Yeah, and that's almost become a, a standard thing. At least I've seen it happen elsewhere. Breaking Bad certainly did it. I remember even yeah. like a show like Sex and the City was split up their final season into two parts. Are you still shooting season four now, given that it's split into uh, two seven-episode parts? Or was everything in the can, and they're just in post for the rest of the episodes? Oh, yeah, everything's in the can. Um, I think they're even done with post is uh what chris said so oh wow it's just it's just a matter of um trying you know figuring out when uh to release both parts you know um yeah yeah. uh i think um in my opinion i think we want to get nominated for the sag awards next year uh, because it's not available because we're we didn't make the cut this year because it didn't come out till after uh till january Mm -hmm. um but there's a between March and December is when shows have to they have to release shows so they can be uh, nominated or like you know voted on to be nominated. Yeah. So I think I got a good feeling we're going to be nominated next year, and I would love to go to the SAG Awards. I was I was disappointed that we didn't get to go, uh, you know, because of the pandemic. So we had like a virtual. SAG Awards, um, but I would love to actually go in person. That'd be like a, <laughs> that'd be a bucket list kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever pull Julia Garner aside and say, "Hey, can you drop <laughs> out of the race this time so some other actors can win an award now and then that so we can get nominated?" I know she's killing it. Yeah, yeah. she's she, she's great. Huge revelation with her. My God, I mean, she just jumped off the screen in that uh, I don't know, it was episode two or something like that when she was introduced. But uh, yeah, pull a Tanya Harding, maybe thwack her in the knee with something, and then <laughs> then she won't get nominated. But you know, I don't think it's spoiler territory to say that you're in season four. I mean, you've already mentioned that you were in season four, but it's it'd be weird if yeah. Sam was arrested by the FBI at the end of season three, and then that was it. <laughs> Uh, when you shoot your parts, do you shoot all of your scenes in one big chunk? Do they schedule it that way? Or do they keep calling you back to the set whenever it's time for Sam on the call sheet? Uh, yeah, it's like an off and on kind of thing, depending on, uh, you know, location, um, and weather can change, like, you know, change things on a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, usually I have like a two, like they t- they'll tell me like a week in advance, like what the day out of days is for the shoot. Um, yeah. By the way, just just an aside, I got to know what Florida Man's about. What is what is that show? <laughs> I, I because already the title of it has right? me, you know, like oh, that sounds great. Uh, in yeah. fact, Hal Sparks from the Stephanie Miller show does this uh-huh. great Florida Man song, and he just takes all of the Florida Man headlines and <laughs> turns them into lyrics, and it's it's incredibly funny. But uh, so, what is Florida Man all about? Uh, so, what they have said so far um, is so it's about an ex cop that comes back to Florida mm. to find a mobster's girlfriend. Um, and the ex-cop is played by Edgar Ramirez, wow. and the girlfriend is played by Abby Lee. Mm. She was uh, she was in Lovecraft Country. Um, oh right, right, right. And she was also in the show in the movie Old. 
Okay. The M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, yeah. Recently. Um, and yeah, it's going to be like, a, like craziness ensues. It's like a dark comedy. Uh, it's, and the, and the way Florida man comes into play is like in the show, there's a newscaster. So in the script, they kind of show like, um, like bits of kind of crazy news that's happening in Florida. So that's kind of the, <laughs> I think that's of how course. they're throwing in the whole Florida man reference. Uh, but yeah, I, I it's going to be a, a really, really cool show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Bateman um, was the executive, one of the executive producers on it. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was funny on my last day shooting Ozark, he he was like, hey, so how are you enjoying uh, Florida Man? I was like, oh, it's great, man. Have you got to see the dailies yet? And he goes, Kevin, I have zero input on that show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's, just, he's, he's just the executive producer. Yeah, Not yeah. a bad gig to have. But, you know, uh, speaking of Jason, I don't know whether this is a bad thing, but I think way more people know how to launder money now than before uh, Ozark. <laughs> I mean, the upside is this. The show definitely doesn't glamorize money laundering. Sam is one of no, no. several cautionary tales, your character. Yep. Uh, yep. What can happen when you fall in with the wrong people? You know, I always wonder how close we all are to criminal enterprises like that. Like how many hops from people we know, uh, how many moves would it take for a legitimate citizen like Sam Dermody, your character, to get caught up in a drug cartel? Uh, was that something you had to kind of study and research before you, you jumped into the role? Is that something that was part of your process? Uh, not really. Um, I just, I thought making him just naive of what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, because he doesn't know what's <laughs> happening outside his world really. Yeah, um, yeah. so to him, Wendy is uh, a friend and somebody who helped him, deal with his mother and helped him get a spine and you know she has her her own agenda obviously uh but you know he doesn't um i mean he's not stupid but he i will say without giving anything away for season four for sam uh what happens at the end of season three is the reason is what drives him to make um the alliances and decisions in season four. Did, did you ever have a conversation with your mom, Renee? Hi, Renee. Uh, <laughs> as to uh, your relationship with uh, with Sharon's character, because that's one of the more interesting aspects of the show. Because with your character, they didn't need to necessarily include uh, you know this relationship that Sam has with his mom they didn't necessarily need that in the show but it becomes such an integral part of the show you would miss it if it was gone (laughs) did your mom ever call you up and say is that supposed to be me (laughs) like mom i'm not the writer believe me (laughs) i I don't know how to write stuff so (laughs) i didn't do it um yeah but yeah it's uh i think it was great that they that they showed sam's mom because it shows you know how he's he's dominated by the women in the show like he's Mm. he's the beta male i mean that's uh you know he's got he's got ruth 
later on who becomes, you know, just like he's under her thumb, under his mom's thumb, under Wendy's thumb. You know, it's uh, it's I mean, he's gotten more of a backbone since the beginning. Yeah. Like I said, Wendy helped him be uh, be more comfortable with himself and and really in at the end of the day sam just wants he wants to be respected and he wants uh to find a community that you know that cares about him okay more with kevin here in just a second but first today's show is sponsored by better help if there's something nagging at you and you don't know what if there's something keeping you from getting out of bed in the morning i've got the solution BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. Telehealth is what they're calling it. BetterHelp is going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. You can log into your account anytime you want and send a message to your therapist and get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to risk COVID in a crowded waiting room. BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial Financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit betterhelp.com slash Seska. Write this down, betterhelp.com slash C-E-S-C-A. And join the over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And now, your special offer for Bob Seska Show listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Seska. That's betterhelp.com slash Seska. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. Did you know ahead of time that season three was going to be a pretty big deal for Sam uh, as far as his involvement in the overall plot, the relationship between, you know, Jason and Laura and the drug cartel and and the money laundering plan and the riverboat and all the rest of it. Were you aware, you know, maybe while you were shooting season one or season two, that season three was going to really amplify your character? Oh, no. Uh, I, I did know before we started shooting season three, yeah. had a chat with Chris and and he kind of told me what the uh, what the idea was uh, for uh, season three. Yeah. 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 Do you, I mean, do you see complete scripts or do you just get sides, the like need to know parts? I, I imagine they keep it uh, pretty pretty much on lockdown in terms of keeping secrets and not letting anything slip out as far as spoilers go. Yeah, I, I get the complete scripts. Um, wow. And it's funny because people are like, you know, so you know what happens in the final season, but I refuse to look at them. I, I mean, I know what I do, mm-hmm. but I'm just a huge fan of the show, and I want to be surprised just like everybody else. Have you made a trip up to the Ozarks? Have you ever been out there to just kind of experience what the real Ozarks are like, uh, just in terms of whether it's for prep or whether it's just out of curiosity? I haven't. I've, I've been meaning to. Um, I really should. I got a lot of downtime right now, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, that'd be cool. Uh, but the idea—I mean, uh, the idea of the show was because bill dubuque um who created it like he grew up in st louis and he would and he went to the ozarks uh during the summer and worked as a teenager mm. and that's how he kind of came up with the idea thought it'd be a great great setting for a little money laundering and yeah yeah <laughs> lots totally. of lots of gore <laughs> god absolutely 
But, uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation going back to Sam, uh, a lot of speculation on Reddit right now about whether <laughs> Sam could end up dead in the final season. Uh, I don't expect you to respond one way or another to that, but it, it must be just a wild thing to see this kind of speculation online about a character you're playing. Is this the first time you've ever been in a series or a movie or another project which your character is the subject of intense speculation online? Yeah, it's... Uh... It's pretty cool. I mean, I remember like back after after season one aired and people thought season two, Sam Sam was eventually gonna break bad, they would say. Like <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna happen. Sam is gonna break bad. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna turn into the big bad guy yeah. of season three or season four. And I get it, I get a kick out of that. Yeah. And the tension on Ozark. It's kind of similar to watching the news these days, <laughs> watching oh, Ozark. It's just that uneasy, off-balance feeling like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? Yeah. How is everything going to fall apart? Is that guy going to get killed or not? Um, what's it like to be inside that tension while you're shooting, that level of suspense? And how in the world do you prepare for that? Um, so the, it's we keep it... Uh pretty light on set because it is such a you know a dark show <laughs> yeah yeah um but also my character kind of brings a little uh uh little comedy uh to it mm. you know it need there needs to be a little light in the dark yeah um so yeah most of my stuff has been kind of lighthearted. uh and yeah it, it's uh mm. it's it's pretty incredible the you know how how dark the show gets yeah and when we're on set it's just we're like laughing and joking i mean <laughs> jason's jason's a cut up and you know mm -hmm. and julia is such a sweetheart yeah she's a badass on on screen tour de force and then she's just the nicest person and so is laura it's yeah it's and it uh in fact, yeah, awesome. speaking of Laura, um, one thing that doesn't get a whole lot of attention, and this is just from a nuts and bolts perspective, but it's so seldom these days, or at any time, certainly as you go back in time, it gets even less seldom, to see a, an on-screen couple where the wife is older than the husband. And that's one of the things that I think this uh, show in particular deserves some, you know, some side mention of. I mean, it doesn't have to be the main thing, obviously, about this show. And there are so many things to, uh, you know, to tip your hat to with regard to Ozark. But that's something that is subtle, but yet um, is rare in the industry. It, yeah. You don't often see that sort of thing. And it was uh, extraordinarily refreshing from a, a feminist point of view to see a, a dynamic like that. I imagine that's often reflected too with the the rest of the production. It's a very uh, seems like it's a very progressive, forward thinking production. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. it's it's a it's a female driven show. I mean, it's yep. uh, like in this season, like the like part one, you got you got Wendy going head to head with Ruth. Mm. Um, hmm. You got uh, Darlene uh, trying to keep her heroin. Uh, um, business afloat yeah what a character she is too I mean, holy shit yeah. darlene oh my god talk about <laughs> someone who jumps off the screen and, and maybe even the stuff of nightmares uh 
Just in I'm terms surprised of I survived her for three seasons. <laughs> I'm surprised. I know, but I've never, I've never, uh, I've never met like Sam's never met her. So, wow. Yeah. Oh my God. So you, you've never actually interacted with Darlene Snell. Did you, have you interacted with any of the Snells? I'm trying to remember if, uh, you bumped into those two. <laughs> well, obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cade, Cade, uh, um, Ruth's dad. Oh, right. Season right. two. Gotcha. We bumped into each other at the strip yeah. club. Yeah. Cause he hit, cause he hit me in the face once with his fist or, <laughs> or smacked me and then later with his gun. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. And you know, this is a kind of a side note, but I noticed a huge upswing um, in working actors taking on a more upfront activist role or, or engaging more in the political conversation on social media, especially during the Trump years. But since then, I think a lot of actors have kind of pulled back from that and kind of retreated away from the toxicity, which I don't blame them for a second. I wish I could too some days, but you're one of the, you're one of the exceptions on that though. You seem to remain engaged in politics on Twitter. What keeps you coming back to this madness, knowing that you don't necessarily have to be there and to, you know, stick your face in the white hot plasma stream of uh, right. political Twitter, but you, you keep doing it. And, and that's uh, that's an admirable thing. What keeps you coming back? Oh man. I, well, I mean, democracy is mm -hmm. at stake here. I mean, this is a, yep. Uh, yep. I, I just, I don't know this, these voter rights bills that are in the Senate right now. It's, I, I just, Oh man, mansion cinema. Mm -hmm. I just, they they have to be bought and paid for. That's the only explanation that I can see because they're hiding behind the filibuster and because their donors don't want to pay more in taxes. It, it all comes back. It's like follow the money. That's all it is. Yeah. They yeah. get money from their donors and, you know, it, it it's, it's mm. very frustrating. I, I, cinema is, I just, I don't know where, like she used to be a, <laughs> A, a green party yeah. activist. Mm -hmm. What happened to her? That's why she's. I think she's bought and paid for, and she's not going to run again. There's no way she can run again. There's. Yeah. I, there's yeah. no way she's going to win a primary. So, <laughs> being from the South, is uh, is your family generally more democratic, or are you sort of the the lone wolf of the family? Oh, my dad is not a Democrat. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, join the club. Thank you. Right. I'm a liberal snowflake. I'm probably going to piss off some people that eventually listen to this podcast. Like, no, I am a liberal and I am proud of it. And you know what? Hey, I don't want to live in Gilead. I, I like the Handmaid's Tale. I want to be a part of the show at some point, but I don't want to live it. Well, here's what you got to do. Next time you're at your dad's house, uh, turn on the parental controls on Fox News and don't tell them. <laughs> I always find that I haven't tried it yet myself, but I just recommend it to others. Yeah. Just I will. I will say up. my dad is. A, I think he's more of a libertarian because he yeah, yeah. he believes he's. I don't think he cares one way or the other about pro life and pro choice. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, he's for he's for he's for gay marriage. He'll say things like, "If they want to be miserable too, then that's fine." You know, <laughs> right? Right. Like people always say. Um, so he's more of a libertarian. He was, he wasn't a huge Donald Trump fan, but yeah, he's definitely not a Joe Biden fan, but 
Well, uh, yeah. we're, we're running out of time, Kevin. Season four, <laughs> part one of Ozark premieres this Friday, January 21st on Netflix, of course. You can follow Kevin on Twitter at Kevin underscore L underscore Johnson. Hey, twice as many underscores as my stupid right? handle on Twitter, which <laughs> every day I regret putting an underscore in my Twitter handle. So we're like underscore brothers on Twitter. <laughs> Thank you so much, my friend, for coming on today. You're welcome back anytime you want. Uh, I can't wait to see how Sam's story wraps up. Is he Is he going to die? Is he? You can tell uh, me now. No, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm kidding. No spoilers. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much, my friend. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, bud. Take care. Bye-bye. I see a bad moon rising I see troubles on the way I see earthquakes and lightning 